0: It's post time. Welcome to the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite post game show with your hosts, fantasy expert and host Jeff Miller and two-time Super Bowl champion Chicago native Howard Griffith the ESPN 1000 Miller Lite Post Game Show. Presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of the Chicago Bears. And brought to you by GetCoveredIllinois.gov. The Home Loan Experts, ComEd's Energy Efficiency Program, and Harry's Raising.
1: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. The Bears survive in Minnesota and move to seven and seven, and they are more a hunt for the playoffs. They are alive and well. Now they're still on the outside looking in because they have the Arizona Cardinals currently in front of them. But this win over the Minnesota Vikings today goes a long way in giving them a shot at that seventh and final seed in the nfc i'm jeff meller here on the miller light bears postgame show on espn 1000 usually alongside howard griffith but ho griff has himself some big 10 network responsibilities as of course most most folks are already aware the college football playoff is set alabama the one seed clemson the two seed ohio state the big 10 participant as the three seed will take on clemson and notre dame fourth and final in they will take on bama in the first round howard griffith is taking care of that and so i reached out to my friend tom waddle and he said he's available for the first hour so for the first hour now if you'd like to join us tom Waddle's going to sit in hey tom what's going on man yeah
2: i don't have any responsibilities i was sitting on my couch eating chili making sure that i wasn't going to throw it up or send it out the other end watching this bears the 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 final of this or, or how this game was going to end but uh Entertaining, to say the least. Entertaining.
1: Yeah, isn't that that's half the time? That's all we're looking for as fans. It's just, (laughs) it's just give us some entertainment during twenty twenty. Entertain us, man. And I think that's what we got today. It certainly didn't end the way I think most fans would have liked. But ultimately, I guess you get the win. It got a little more nervous than it needed to be. But all in all, your go to Minnesota against. Look, yeah, they're not the Vikings that we've seen the last few years, but. They're they're a competent team, and so I take a little more. I put a little more into this performance than the previous couple of weeks than what Mitch Trubisky has done. Although they're not a perfect defense either.
2: Yeah, I agree with you totally. Uh, Look, it is what it is. Um, You know, they've done a really nice job simplifying the offense. I think all of us were pounding the table forever to uh, uh, just adjust some things, play to Mitch's strengths, get him out on the edge, run the football and support him. And they did that today. David Montgomery with a career high, 32 carries, and he delivered with 146 rushing yards, better than four and a half yards per carry. Look, Mitch was only asked to throw the ball 21 times. They ran it twice as much as they threw it today. That's a pretty good formula, especially when you're running the football effectively. So it's taken them a ton of time, Jeff, to actually realize that what they need to do is scale things back and simplify things, and they're they're scoring points. Like I think this is the first time that they've had three consecutive games where they have gone over 30 points for the first time since 1995. So they're scoring points, but they're keeping it simple. They're not trying to outsmart people. They're not trying to outscheme people. Ah. They're running the football. They're getting Mitch on the edge. They're cutting the field in half. And uh, it looks a whole lot better. There's no doubt about it.
1: It really is interesting to me. And 312, 332, 3776, if you'd like to participate. Instant reaction. The Bears are, at least they are alive for that final playoff spot. They've got a shot here. And you mentioned that David Montgomery's career day today 32 carries, 146 yards. Interesting. He rips off a 19 yard run, his longest of the day his first carry of the day, and immediately Cordero Patterson comes in and takes the next carry, Tom. And I'm thinking to myself, really? We're going to do this again? (laughs) But no, I got out ahead of myself, and sure enough, Matt Nagy, that would be the only Cordero Patterson carry we would see all day. And look, I'm not going to bag on Patterson, but the truth is that everybody in the city has been calling for David Montgomery to get a workload like this, and – you got to play to your strengths, and man, I, like I know the Vikings' run defense isn't as good as some around the league, and it, it's certainly not as stout as it was in the years past. But the commitment to the run yeah. pays off crucially today because it was a hard-fought win. They win by six points, thirty-three to twenty-seven. They needed to knock down the hail mary to end the game, but the fact that they committed to the run at least shows me steps in the right direction.
2: Yeah, and, and I flip it around on the other side. Look, the difference in the game, statistically, or at least by the, by the scoreboard, was their red zone defense. I mean, they forced Minnesota. There were a couple of things. Their red zone defense, uh, Irv Smith drops a touchdown pass. That certainly helped our cause. And then they were able to get a stop later in the game. And uh, They left eight points on the field in the red zone. And you give the Bears a tremendous amount of credit defensively for stepping in and, 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 and making stops when you were in the money zone. And I also thought that the pass rush helps negate some of the some of the issues in the secondary that were there because of the lack of experience. I thought the young guys played pretty well back there. The pass rush they were getting after Cousins, which meant that the, those those cornerbacks were not being left uh, alone for too long with those Vikings wide receivers. So, look, I, I think it's it's one of those games where you 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 know a W is a W. There were a lot of really good things to take from it, and it's. It's like the, the NCAA men's basketball turn, tournaments, you know, it, uh, you know, survive in advance. And that's what they've done. They've given themselves a chance to, to somehow, some way, sneak into the postseason. And, um, you know, it, this was a must win. I called it the Super Bowl, the 2020 Super Bowl for this Bears team, and they found a way to come up with a W.
1: Absolutely. 33-27, the Bears over Minnesota. Again, we're here for the two uh, – I'm here for two hours – after the post game here, after the game goes final, right here. So, H- Wild's going to hang with me for the first hour, but the phone lines are open. Your instant opportunity to react 312 332 3776. You can also participate on the Twitch chat room, ESPN 1000 Chicago, there. Jeff Dickerson will check in later in the four o'clock hour. We'll also hear from Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky as they come to the podium. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Mitch Trubisky has to say after this performance. Look, all in all, he he does the things he does well, and he still is prone to the occasional. You know, what are you thinking, man? Why are you throwing that ball in the uh, end zone for an interception, even though it's third down? Take yeah, just just live and take yeah. the points, Tom.
2: Well, you know, there's no doubt. Um, you know, look, Mitch isn't very comfortable in the pocket, or he's much more comfortable out on the edge. I thought the game plan was fantastic today, and it's been that way for the last couple of games it's a simple game plan everything comes off the boot action get him on the edge ball comes out quick single reads so that there isn't a whole lot of processing and a whole lot of of having to you know go through progressions um and when they keep it simple they're much more efficient and mitch has limited those you know some of those catastrophic mistakes in this simplified offense this was the exception to the rule today i thought he was spot on for 99 percent of the plays but ultimately um, you know, the interception in the red zone, it can't happen. But uh, I, I think the game plan is markedly different. It's, it's noticeably different. It fits his skill set. Um, you know, look, it's an indictment, Jeff, of two things. It's an indictment of the coaching staff that it took them this long to tailor the offense to Mitch. Mm-hmm. And it's an indictment in some ways of Mitch because you have to scale things back. But that's neither here nor there. What they're living doing is living in the here and the now. And And finally, I give them credit for for doing what's necessary to take advantage of what Mitch does well. And I give Mitch a tremendous amount of credit. He's played very well the last couple of weeks. There have been a couple of moments. The fumble against the Lions was not his, his his greatest moment, but he played he played well over the course of that entire game. Last week was his best game of the 2020 season. And today, until the, 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 the interception in the red zone, I thought Mitch played a very efficient game. He was, what, 15 of 20 at the time for over 200 yards and a touchdown before he threw that pick. Um, ultimately the, the, the stat line isn't one that's going to make your eyes bulge, but it was a winning formula today, and you tip your cap to him once again this week. You know that
1: voice. That's Tom Waddle. You hear him with Sylvie every weekday from 2 to 6 on ESPN 1000. He's filling in uh, for the first hour here for Holgriff, who's got some Big Ten network responsibilities. I'm Jeff Miller on the Miller Lite Bears postgame show here, taking your phone calls, 312-332-3776. Let us know what you thought about today's game. You're feeling good now that the Bears are back to 500 and back in the playoff hunt with a realistic chance of making it if they can just win out and get just just one one game help. They just need the Cardinals to drop one game, and if they win out, they have themselves a playoff berth. We'll continue to take your phone call at 312-332-3776, and we'll break down plenty more coming up next.
0: Howard Griffith and Jeff Meller. More post game coming up. This is the ESPN 1000 post game show on Chicago's home for sports.
3: ESPN 1000 and the ESPN
2: Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports.
0: The ESPN One Thousand Miller Lite Postgame Show is back, it's back with your hosts, ESPN One Thousand Fantasy Expert and host Jeff Miller, two-time Super Bowl champion, Chicago native Howard Griffith. Now back to more on ESPN One Thousand and the ESPN Chicago app. That was a huge tackle. By Duke seven. There's a lot of room. There's so much green grass in front of him.
4: Cook cannot get the first down. Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. That is a major defensive stop now because remember they gambled earlier on fourth. This is the game. This is your season on the line right here. Cousins is going to throw if he can in the air.
1: Bears defense coming up big there on the penultimate series for the Vikings. It seems like that work. could have been their last had the Bears been able to successfully run up the clock. But the Vikings were up to that task, and they got themselves another possession after that. But they had to then move fast and furious because uh, the Bears then had a six-point lead, and the Vikings were in hurry-up mode without timeouts. They had to end up firing a 35-yard Hail Mary down the field that um, and probably made you— Hold your breath for a moment because it uh, it was hanging and it was deflected, but the bears were able to come down with it, and uh, they hold on for a thirty three to twenty seven victory in Minnesota today, moving to seven and seven on the season, dropping the Vikings to six and eight, which was critical of course, because the Vikings had they won, would have had the uh, not only the uh, game hand but they would have had the outright uh, head head lead as well. So, huge win for the Bears and their How many playoff times, hopes.
2: When was the last time, Jeff, you saw a Bears team that only punted once in a game? Oof, boy. I, I, Tom, I haven't, time, even, hasn't it? haven't
1: thought about that. that I,
2: <laughs> we're going to have to
1: dig deep to try to find to out to the answer that out. to that.
2: When was the last time a Bears team only punted once in a game?
1: I'm going to text JD and see if I can get him to answer that when he comes on later. Uh, you'll be gone, but I'll text you and give you the update. And, um, of course, if you're just joining us, that is Waddle. He's not kind enough to uh, give me an hour here as Howard Griffith is on the Big Ten Network today. So he's not with us, but uh, Tom Waddle stepping in, and that is a great replacement. Waddle, I do I, you, you uh, in that highlight, we did hear, um, I believe it was Greg Jennings saying that uh, Duke Shelley made a play. You were yeah. impressed with his play
2: today. Yeah, I thought Duke Shelley made a couple of really good tackles. I thought that. Listen, when you're when you're starting, Jalen Johnson's out. Uh, Deion Bush was out. Buster Screen is out. That that's a that's a shot to your defense. There's no doubt. And you know, this was a game where their 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 pass rush was going to have to step up and it take some pressure off of that secondary. And and they got three sacks. that consistently pressured cousins and hit him quite a bit but i thought there were a couple of occasions on third downs where i thought duke shelley stepped up and made some tackles on a, on a very difficult guy to bring down in dalvin cook but uh overall you, you just got to do enough to win and that's what this group did there were a lot of really good things though jeff as we talked about in a a bit ago uh, David Montgomery continues to churn, you know, churn it out and and do some really good things. Mitch is playing efficient football for the most part and doing some nice things. I'd say the interior of that offensive line deserves a lot of credit as well. Yeah, guard to guard, they have really played the the play played uh, very well recently. And I give Bill Lazor and all of the offensive coaches credit for finally coming to their senses. And actually, sticking with running the football, and also getting all of these different players in position to take advantage of what they do well individually.
1: And uh, in particular, I thought Cody Whitehair was really good, especially in the first half, kind of creating running lanes for David Montgomery. And yeah, you, you're right. The whole look, the whole offensive game plan, the last four games has or last three games. Let's not get carried away. The stats in the. Packers game were better but obviously that game was a a whole different uh, narrative but yeah the last three games you know granted the the opponents have been lesser but they've really you know done a good job getting David Montgomery the ball and as I'm looking it over he's now for the last four games in a row he's gone over 100 yards from scrimmage including uh three where he's gone over 100 yards rushing which I mean look I mean Matt Nagy you know the self proclaimed, I'm not an idiot. I know I need to run the ball. It seems like he's finally realizing that, yes, that's I need to play to my strengths. I need to shorten the game for Mitch when possible and put yes. him in good positions. And you know what? It's just unfortunate that it's taken this long to get to this point. I think, you know, as many shortcomings as we've seen from Mitch, you know, it, it's just disappointing that we it took this long to really get to where he gave the ball to Montgomery this much. It, it, I mean, look, I I don't want to be Completely negative about it, but you know it, you look at it from both sides of the the coin here, and you're like, man, this is great. You're back to seven and seven and being competitive, but boy, I wish you would have done this a little earlier as well.
2: Yeah, listen, you could play devil's advocate and say, look, when you when you simplify things against better teams, and mm-hmm. you know it's a Vikings defense that's been better since their buy about a month, six weeks ago. But that's not the same Vikings defense this year as it was last year. This was a rebuild season for that side of the football for them. The Lions have historically struggled. The the, the the Texans have had injuries and haven't played well on defense. Look, the Bears did enough to take advantage of what they were facing, and they were very efficient and very effective, scoring over 30 points in each of the last three games. You can ask the question, Jeff, if you are playing against better defenses, can you actually get past them when you simplify things? I can't definitively say to you yes, but what I can tell you is, is it puts you in a better position to actually be in that game. So maybe you're not going to sit back in a pocket and throw it 30 times and throw for 350 yards, but if you're doing things in an effective manner and you can connect those dots and you understand what you're doing and you're running the football and you're, you're limiting the risk – like. You cut that field in half when you get Mitch out on the edge and you take advantage of his, of his athletic ability. I think he's more accurate when he's on, a, on the run than he is in the pocket. Um, and now you've got, you got something there. Um, so uh, it, it took them a ton of time to come to that realization. I think that they were very stubborn, thinking that, hey, this is a, a really cool and innovative and high-powered offense. We just, we're going to run it. No, you don't have the pieces to that puzzle. So they finally got wise, and they scaled some things back, and they're playing to guys' strengths, and Mitch has been efficient. Uh, David Montgomery is getting an opportunity, and the offensive line in the interior has been very good. Those are three really good things. How far that takes you, well, that's a conversation for another time. Today's about uh, surviving and advancing and staying relevant in the NFC playoff. uh, Let's
1: head on. Yeah, let's head on out to South Elgin and say good afternoon to Brad, who's on the line. Brad, you're on with Waddle, who's in for Howard Griffith and Jeff Mellage on the Bears postgame show. What's going on, man?
3: Hey, how's it going? Uh, Wow, <laughs> rollercoaster of emotions today, but win's a win. Um, yep. I just had a few couple points here. One, um, that was a total push-off by Thielen on that uh, penalty on defensive pass interference on Vildor. Was it Vildor mm-hmm. or Shelley? I can't remember. It was totally a push-off on Thielen and obviously cost us. Um, so the refs, you know, NFL just trying to keep the games close, I feel like no. um Another one, um, I was kind of surprised how Patterson only got one ball. I'm not saying it was a bad thing that Montgomery ran for 148, whatever it was, but it was weird that Patterson only got one rush the entire game made.
2: That's a win to me. Like, that, yeah, that's yeah. not a shot yeah. at Cordero Patterson. I thought last week was probably his best game in a Bears uniform from a, a you know an offensive perspective, but... When David Montgomery's running the ball the way he was today, I, there's no reason to take the ball out of his hands. Right.
1: Yeah, no. Exactly. no I, I can't remember yeah, my and, last and point, the, but uh, ahead, win. Frank. Yeah, they get the win, and that really that's it. You know, it, it it was looking like maybe just maybe at like 20-7 to seven before they got to the half that the Bears could maybe make this one, you know, a bit of a laugher. But, of course, the Vikings are, you know, a much more professional team than the Texans are, so they weren't going to pack it up and go home. And they obviously are fighting for their playoff life as well. So, you know, they weren't going to just lie down. But the credit to the Bears because, let's be honest, uh, when the Vikings came out to start the second half, and basically just kind of ran it down their throat with Delvin Cook, you, you were like saying to yourself, oh, this could be concerning if they don't uh, turn it around and make some third-quarter adjustments. But to their credit, they actually answered, Tom.
2: Yeah, there's, there's no doubt. And Look, that offense was rolling, and I don't think the Vikings had any answer for David Montgomery in the boot game that, that they were running. Um, so I felt pretty comfortable and confident that the, the Bears were going to be able to continue to, to move the football. Defensively, they have struggled. and if, if My concern was is if they could not pressure Cousins, they could be in trouble because of all of the different injuries they were dealing with in their secondary. And when Cousins did have times, you saw some of the deficiencies back there. Uh, that's why it was really important for them to get the pass rush that they got. And I thought for the most part um, they, they, they delivered. Mac delivered. Brent Urban delivered. Uh, obviously, Bilal Nichols continues to play at a high level. John Jenkins, I thought, played well. Uh, it, it was a good effort from the guys up front, and they were being called upon to, to create some pressure because of the injuries in the secondary. Now, was it perfect? No, because the Vikings had better than 400 total yards, I believe, and and scored a ton of points. But they did enough to protect their young, inexperienced secondary, uh, and they did enough to actually come away with a W on the road.
1: So the Bears are now 7-7, seven and seven, but with only one team in front of them for that final playoff spot, that is, of course, the Arizona Cardinals, who are – currently in action at home against the eagles the cardinals currently have the old two nothing lead on the eagles i'm going to go ahead and say that was probably a safety since there's no other way to score too um the the we'll see what happens there though because if the cardinals lose just one game and the bears can win out they will find themselves in the playoffs so that is promising and with the packers uh if they can go ahead and win their game next week against the titans and the Saints, coupled with a Saints loss to the Chiefs today, the Packers will have clinched before their Week 17 matchup against the Bears. So right now, the Bears could very well be in prime position to in, to win against Green Bay at Soldier Field in Week 17 and in advance into the playoffs. So talk about uh, one heck of a rivalry game there, Tom. That would be something.
2: Yeah, talk about changing the narrative, and it's something we've talked about the last couple of weeks as well. Like, look, after the Detroit game, everyone in town wanted everyone up at Hallis Hall to pack their stuff and move on. Then they beat a bad Texans team, and then there was actually whispers about, well, maybe we're going to bring some people back. As I said all week this past week, look— The Bears have the opportunity to change the narrative. And to change the narrative, you've got to win out. You've got to get into the postseason and maybe steal a playoff game in there. Are they a complete team yet? No. But if you are looking to change the way everyone feels about you, and ultimately I don't know if that will change everyone's opinion, but if you get past a bad Jags team, as you mentioned, you get past a Packers team that may or may not have anything to play for, and you can sneak into the postseason, and at that point anything can happen, then the conversation is entirely different than the one we were having two weeks ago.
1: And with good play from Mitch Trubisky for what would potentially be four or five straight weeks and possibly a playoff berth, the question will then turn, of course. I'm sure it's going to turn, you know, it's already turned in a lot of people's heads, but do the Bears need to really consider bringing Mitch back next year? We're going to continue to unpack that in the postgame show. We'll take your calls, 312-332-3776. Jeff Miller, along with Tom Waddle, who's in for Howard Griffiths today on the Miller Lite Bears postgame show.
0: The ESPN 1000 postgame show returns after these.
2: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.
0: The ESPN 1000 Miller Lite postgame show is back.
4: This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. That's time and open is Mooney and delivered right to Darnell Mooney, the rookie from 2A. For all the heat, Ryan Pace, the general manager gets a fifth rounder. They've also had Jalen Johnson, they've had some good production from their rookie class this year. Yeah, this, is,
3: this is another rookie that has been special for the Chicago Bears, and he just gets Jones on a deep over route. And Mitchell Trubisky, I've been impressed with him
4: all afternoon, his accuracy. His timing, and you'd be impressed as a receiver that not a single drop for Darnell Mooney all oh, yeah. season. That's oh, amazing. Yeah.
1: That is impressive for a rookie. Sounds like Chris Myers and Greg Jennings want to give Ryan Pace another extension. They're Big so Bear hug. <laughs> um, all right, three one two three three two three seven seven six. I don't know what there is to say about that. I like Darnell Mooney. He's been good. I I'm not going to call him special just yet, but he's been good.
2: Yeah, he's been good. I think Cole Komet has been given more of an opportunity, and I, I like what I've seen from him. Two catches, 12 yards today. Um, you know, David Montgomery's finally getting an opportunity to, to get the ball in his hands a little bit more. So uh, Jalen Johnson, unfortunately, wasn't able to go today. But, you know, listen, I can buy a little bit of what Chris was selling, that, that, that this has been so far a draft class that has has contributed some.
1: Yeah, no, they're on their way, and, you know, you just got to stop whiffing on those first rounders. The question yeah, is, nice. will uh, Will Ryan Pace or, you know, when you don't whiff on them, you know, trade, them, trade too many of them away because you uh, are trying to make big splashes. So we shall see. Will Ryan Pace be given the opportunity to make another first round selection? I think that's an interesting question we can dive into in a little bit here. Let's start, though, with uh, Steve, who's in Indianapolis. Steve, you're on the Bears postgame show with Waddle and Meller. What's up, man?
4: Hey, uh, Miller. uh This is Steve. I called in like two weeks ago, and I made that bad phone call. I, I apologize.
1: <laughs> you're the, you, Steve, you're the I love you guy.
4: Yeah, I love you, man. I love you too, Steve.
1: What, yeah, what's up? Well, what do you got? What do you got? Well, what I did was I pulled out
4: Sylvie, and I drank the hard liquor a little bit too much, and had to leave it the happens. party a little bit too soon. So it happens. It's all right. It happens, That's all right. Man. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to say is, and uh, also Waddle, big fan. You're awesome, dude. Thank Love you, you. you. Yeah. And You've uh, been drinking again today? When, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> what, what I was going to say is, uh, what, uh, uh, so anyway, um, what I really wanted to say is, Trubisky in his uh, pregame uh, interview was saying that uh, we want to get it to Colcomit more two targets. What's up with that? I mean, really? I mean, I really like that they're using Mooney and A-Rob, but you got to get the tight ends more involved.
2: Well, they're trying, you know, and and they're doing it. They're not doing it in the traditional way because if you watch some other higher powered offenses, what you see is tight ends that really affect the middle of the field and they almost run like receivers in the slot but what they 've done because they have decided that the best way to get the most out of Mitch in the entire offense is to misdirection and to run things off the boot is is they're running like three level play action pass a three level bootleg so Mitch 'll fake it to his left he 'll roll to his right there 's an underneath guy there 's a guy at ten twelve yards, and then there 's a guy about twenty five yards down the field, and then he 's supposed to read it from high to low. And if it's wide open, get it to him. And, I mean, how many passes have we seen over the last couple of weeks that the ball's out in under two seconds? Yep. And, a, and the ball's in the air for maybe three or four yards. Listen, that, that that's not a shot at Mitch. What, what that is is Mitch executing the offense as it's being presented to him. So getting the, the tight ends involved is kind of more in an old-school way when they're catching balls in the flat. There hasn't been a whole lot of – there hasn't been a whole lot of threatening the middle of the field with seams, but listen, Cole Komet's got the athletic ability hopefully to get to, to be one of those guys down in the, you know, down the road that can threaten the middle of the field, the way that a Travis Kelsey or some of the other more athletic tight ends in the league do.
1: No doubt about it. And and it is, it, there's the other point too, where you have to take what the defense gives you. If they're if Cole Komet's yes. not open on some of that stuff, Mitch has got to go with his reads, which, you know, 15 for 21, really outside of, you know, that one brutal interception, you know, it just, he's always got one in him. but the truth is that they were able to survive it today. And so, yeah, listen, he, his, his athletic ability, it's one of those things where it's never been in question. When you allow him to do the things that he does well, he can look really good. And I think that's why so many fairs fans, you know, we've had these polarizing discussions is because Trubis- Trubisky can look really good when he, you know, he's got the ability, he, the arm talent is there. He can also, you know, he can break the pocket and run, which is so maddening for defenses. I mean, Waddle, you can tell people about how, how difficult it is to defend a quarterback who, oh, yeah. when you've turned your back and you're trying to defend, you know, the receiver downfield, and all of a sudden he takes off and running, and you don't even know he's, he's, he's broken the line of scrimmage. That can be maddening for a defense. So having that in your arsenal is excellent. Oh, it's a
2: threat, yeah. Listen, also, but, you know, here here's, look, you can do both things. You can be you can be very complimentary of Mitch playing a very efficient um, and, and, and um, let's we'll say, a, a solid brand of football, but also ask yourself, because then the, the the questions become, you know, the bigger questions down the line are, well, what are the Bears going to do at quarterback next year? What, listen, what they have done is they've shown you that he doesn't function well as a traditional standard quarterback from the pocket when he processes. And, and, and again, this is, Mitch played very well today. But, but as you evaluate the quarterback's uh, position, you have to have these discussions. This is what I'm – the interception he threw is from the pocket. Now, that's a one-read throw. It just was a bad read and a bad throw. That ball's got to go in the stands if there's nobody open, or It's got to mm-hmm. go to the sideline and a back shoulder throw. If you remember in the first quarter, there was a third down play where he missed whims. He was yeah. in the shotgun on that play. And you could watch that things got a little muddled. He, started to, he wasn't comfortable. His mechanics started to fail him. His footwork was bad, and he missed whims on the throw. That's not where he's at his best. Where he's at his best is when he's out on the edge and he's not having to stand between the tackles and process things. Again, there are a lot of guys that struggle back there consistently. This is not me banging on Mitch. What this is is, is highlighting what he can and what he can't do. And if I can see it, the coaching staff has to be able to see it. It's why I was so pissed off last year over the course of an entire season. They kept asking him to play the position from the pocket where he's not comfortable. And when you don't really – you're not comfortable with what you see – and you, you, you're not processing things well, then your mechanics break down, and then you make these mistakes. Well, you take that all out of the equation, Jeff, when you get him out mm-hmm. on the edge, and it's one read, boom, the ball's out. Like the the great throw he had to Allen Robinson today, that's yeah. a one-read throw. That's a you hit on your third step, and he threw a dime. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And Mitch is, as you said, Mitch has the – the capacity to do some of those things he can make those throws when you help him you get him out on the edge he's athletic he sees the field better when you cut it in half for him you just don't want him back there having to process things and I know that that ticks people off and they're listen that's just reality that's knowing your. when I was playing you didn't want me running nine routes you wanted me work in the middle of the field that's reality so, you know, every player has his strength and his weaknesses. And I think finally, as we've said a thousand times, this coaching staff has figured it out and they're not asking him to consistently beat teams from the pocket. We've seen that Mitch Trubisky. It doesn't work. The Mitch that works is the guy that you've seen the last three weeks of the season. I
1: still maintain that you were never given enough opportunities to take Don't the top of mouth. the defense. While. um in Arizona, unfortunately, this one's getting out of hand quickly. The Cardinals are up on the Eagles, sixteen to nothing, still in the first quarter. There, so the Bears may need the Cardinals to lose a game to either the Niners or the Rams, who are their next two opponents. We'll see. It's still early, but sixteen to nothing. Rams like that are getting might... boat
2: raced by the Jets right it, now. It,
1: well, they they are the, the, the Jaguars. That that uh, makes things interesting. If they have. Uh, a chance for the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes if they're back in it, if the Jets find their way to a victory today. Uh, let's sneak in one more call here before we break real quick. Let's try George, who's in Old Town. George, you're on with Tom Waddle, who's in for Howard Griffith today, and Jeff Miller on the Miller Lite Bears postgame show.
3: Well, it's great listening to you guys on the weekend, especially you, Tommy. We don't get that opportunity that often, but you know, it's your age-old question. Is the juice worth the squeeze with, with Mitch? And I think over the five seasons as you've said in the past it really isn't and there's so many other oranges out there and who knows who will be available come 2021 maybe carson Wentz, you know maybe uh mm-hmm. some other veterans that are up uh, the, the kid from uh, oakland who played uh played backup uh he might mario yeah uh george you know, is, there's uh, a really good draft class too i mean there's a couple guys there that might be really, uh, really a good fit for the Bears, and that's where the whole thing comes in. Who's going to make that decision, and how do you make that decision based on what's going forward?
2: Well, here's here's if you make the decision that Mitch is part of your future, what you're saying to yourself, in my opinion, is this: We know what he does well. He can't sit back in the, in the in the pocket and beat you at this particular time. He's a mobile quarterback. You get him on the edge, you continuing to to do some stuff with that. You have to support him with the running game. If you think he's doing this by himself, I I I call BS because Look at the way that they've effectively run the football the last several games. It all works hand in hand. So if you decide that Mitch is a guy you want to bring back, and I've seen some people on Twitter suggesting you franchise him or give him $25 million a year. <laughs> oh boy. Not my money. You're no. not doing that with me. But if you bring him back, Jeff, what you're saying to yourself is, is okay, He's he fits in this system where we simplify things. He's young. We're going to run this offense – this way, and we're then it's just going to be you're, 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 you're hoping that at some point, because he's young, he's going to eventually become better inside the pocket because, as Steve Young has told us over the course of time, it's great to be out on the edge, edge but at some point, you, to be mm-hmm. a really good quarterback, you have to prove you can play the game from between the tackles. So if you bring him back next year, part of it is, is you just hope that he's young and in his his fifth year, he's going to somehow be able to develop that pocket presence and the capacity to play the position from the pocket. And that, to me, is a bit of blind faith. That's That would be my, if you said to me, would you bring him back? I would say this is my concern, is that you're expecting him to be a different player than he's shown you in the last four years. He's efficient doing this. He's efficient doing that. If you truly believe that he can improve and get better between the tackles and process stuff, then... Then you you know th- th- then you make the decision to come back with him that would scare me.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. A Lot to unpack there, and I would like to respond. So uh, we'll take a quick timeout, and we'll continue to talk about Mitch Trubisky, his future with the Bears, the Bears' playoffs hopes this year. Now that they're seven and seven, and just a game or a half game behind the Cardinals, now it is a viable possibility for them to make the playoffs with the seventh seed being introduced. So. We'll take all your calls, 312-332-3776, on the ESPN 1000 postgame show.
0: The dissection of the Bears game continues right after this. This is the ESPN 1000 postgame show on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. A two-time Super Bowl champion. A two-time winner of the ESPN 1000 Fantasy Football League never mind. Howard Power Griffith and Jeff yeah. Maller. The ESPN 1000 Miller Light Post Game Show is back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app.
1: No ho Griff today. He's got some Big Ten Network responsibilities as they're Breaking down Ohio State's matchup against Clemson in the college football playoff today, which was announced. Alabama will take on the surprising number four seed Notre Dame. Um, so Hogriff will be back next week. But in his stead for another couple of segments is Tom Waddle. You may have heard of him. He participates on the Waddle and Sylvie show every weekday from two to six. And any, uh, before we get back to the Bears, Wads, any thoughts on Notre Dame grabbing that four seed in the playoff
2: here i get it i mean they had a good resume um you know they beat clemson it was a very good game clemson obviously had their 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 backup quarterback in but you know what did you want you want texas a&m in there i I mean (laughs) that's um, yeah i i i understood why i mean it was it was a a probably a demoralizing defeat for them clemson i you can argue that clemson's as good or or, or maybe even more complete than Alabama. That's going to be a – I expect those two teams will play for the title. Um, that's going to be quite a a, a, a game. But, um, yeah, I don't have any problem. Do you have any problem yeah, with Notre Dame being in?
1: Not really because when you look at the alternative and, you know, Texas A&M was throttled by Alabama 52-24 to yeah. 24 for their only loss. And, unfortunately for them, I think when you have that staring you in the face or – Option B, which is Notre Dame, who has yet to play Alabama. I think just the reality is, you know, we we all know that Notre Dame makes more business sense of being course. the college football playoffs than Texas A&M. And had A&M, I think had A&M lost to any other team by that score, you could have made the argument. But the fact that it was Alabama who put it on him and you're potentially setting that up as a rematch, it just made it hard to make that the arguments instead of putting Notre Dame in there. So... Yeah, you know me. I'm I'm
2: an eight team guy. Anyway, I'd like to see it expanded. So, um, you know, I know that's not going to be possible for the next couple of years, but hopefully, I, my hope is is that that they do expand it at some point.
1: Okay, Bears fans. So, if you'd like to weigh in on whether or not you think this uh, Bears team is going to make it into the playoffs, or if you think Mitch Trubisky will be back next year, feel free three one two three three two three seven seven six. You brought up the idea of what you know people bantering around the um, whether or not Mitch could be brought back next year and you know the more we watch it unfold the more it feels like that very well could be the scenario that plays out now you know there's like uh, our previous caller brought up there's going to be lots of options out there but Mariota I believe is under contract with the Raiders for another year after this season so that's somebody you'd have to essentially trade for and you know, the, 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 I don't know if you want to go about trading more draft picks for Marcus Mariota off of the strength of one or two starts, right? I think
2: they're that's, the same guy, to be honest. Yeah, with you. absolutely. I mean, if, you're, if you're interested in Mariota, I mean, if that's the direction you're going, I think you're better off with Mitch. And look, if you want to, I, if they're going to bring back Mitch, you know, it's, I can't imagine a scenario where they're going to pay him $25 million a year. I just that I don't think they have the oh, capacity
0: God, no. to God, do it. God no.
2: Yeah. So I don't know what kind of of conversation will take place. I know that you know this is a polarizing conversation, but um, I think that there are some limitations with with what they do have in terms of options.
1: Yeah, and the caller did bring up the fact that there's going to be you know Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the draft, so either the Jets or Jaguars seem primed to have him as their future quarterback, and then. You've got other, you know, guys like Justin Fields who, um, you know, I don't know if he sold anybody off of yesterday's performance, but he's certainly highly thought of. Um, You've got Kyle Trask at Florida. You've got uh, Wilson. Uh, Why am
2: I I like Mac Jones. Mac Mac Jones Jones of Alabama? You know, I thought Kyle Trask was, was much more accurate yesterday than I thought he was going to be. He's had a great year. But if you made me choose, I, listen, Trevor Lawrence would be my guy. I'm no college football expert. Trevor Lawrence, I'm concerned about Justin Fields' uh, accuracy. I think Mac Jones has got good accuracy. I don't know how good an athlete he is at the next level. There are some options. I just, you know, you, you have to really dig into the film and go watch them work out to really come up with any strong feeling for
0: all of them.
1: Yeah, but no matter what, there's going to be about five guys. Zach Wilson from BYU yeah. uh, is obviously the other name that a lot of people seem to like. And Trey Lance, who, you know, I believe North Dakota State, you know, everyone's kind of wondering, you know, is he, he? I don't know, do you, do you give Trey, uh, Trey Lance a, a vote of confidence because of what Carson Wentz did? Or, you know, do you knock him because of what Carson Wentz has done? And oh, by the way, Carson Wentz is somebody who, you know, this morning we find out is uh, going, you know, kind of, He's not interested in being a backup, and that's understandable. I don't know how he moves out of Philadelphia yeah. with his current contract, though. That's a problem.
2: I don't think Philly can get out from underneath it. I think another team could probably absorb it.
1: Yes, But once exactly. you make
2: that trade, then all of that, that bonus money gets accelerated into the current year, and I just don't know that they can, especially if the salary cap contracts the way that it's expected to, to contract. Uh, I don't know that the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles have the capacity to even take that hit.
1: He is Tom Waddle. Filling in for Howard Griffith today. I'm Jeff Meller. Waddle's with with us for one more segment. So if you'd like to talk to him, 312-332-3776.
0: We're back in just two short minutes. Don't move. More of the ESPN 1000 postgame show is coming up on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. And the ESPN Chicago app.